when I um, was a member of North Stain Surf Club uh, in the um, a long time ago, uh, winning the Christmas Day surf race. I uh, forget what year it was, but um, yes, what a buzz that was. Welcome to Swim.Rocks, the podcast for swimming people who stay dry. Today we're talking to Dennis Gorick about organising a swim meet. Dennis is the parent of a couple of swimmers. He's a past president of Carlisle Swimming Club, has been the meet director for many, many, many swim meets, and he's currently the competition secretary of the local area here in Sydney. I spoke to Dennis about uh, the different types of meat that can be run, how to make money from them, how many people you need to actually organise a meet, what needs to be organised and where to get help. I started off by asking Dennis whether he can explain the difference between the different types of swim meet. In the small club environment, I guess uh, we're talking about development meets, that is kids who are uh, still young and... um, uh, moving up the competitive ladder, if you like. Uh, so a small development meet might be just for the club itself or the club might invite one or two or more other clubs to join um, in an invitational meet, uh, which can be run on quite small scale or large scale, um, uh, whichever you want. Oh. And why would a club, a small club, consider running a meet like that? What would you say the benefits could be? Uh, the, the major things, I guess, are uh, it's a service to the swimmers. Uh, the swimmers get um, uh, experience at racing, and it's fun, uh, the, the competition side of it. Uh, a service also in relation to uh, enabling those kids to get a qualifying time to compete in um, higher-level swim meets. And um, it can be a fundraising source of funds as well. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but, uh, but potentially it can be a fundraiser. Can we just touch on the fundraising side of things? Um, I know swim clubs are usually looking for different ways to, uh, to raise money. Mm-hmm. I think many of us have spent the day in a Bunnings car park uh, flipping burgers and uh, <laughs> trying to make money that way, which mm-hmm. is... In my experience, hard work and doesn't bring in as much money as you would hope for. Uh, it turns very much on the weather. Um, in terms of swim meets, what sort of amount of money do you think you could make with a, uh, with a swim meet? Well, um, it really depends a lot on the management of costs. Um, the, if, if a club manages uh, the costs of running a meet very well... Uh, there is potential to to do to do well on the funding side and the fundraising side. Um, not all swim meets make a profit, though, and so a lot of effort does need to be put into that uh, cost management. Um, but as you say, compared to selling chocolate frogs or uh, Bunnings barbecues or, or whatever, which we've all done, um, it's um, uh, it's. To me, it's a better way to provide a service to the swimmers and potentially do some fundraising. Mm. Okay. What size club or group of 
adults do you think you need in order to have a realistic chance putting a swimming carnival on? Uh, if you just want to run a, um, a small club meet um, for the members only, it doesn't need to be a large, a large club. To put on a, um, a profitable large swim meet at, say, at, say SOPAC, um, it does need to be uh, a large club because it, it does take quite a few people. Uh, and it really is worth making the investment in the preparation in the first place before the day of the meet. Just to be a bit more specific about that, I'm just thinking back to the smallest club I've been with, probably had about 30 or so swimmers mm. plus parents. So I remember we ran a basic development meet in our pool and that was that was perfectly manageable. It was nothing flash, but we all had a good time. Swimmers had a fantastic time. We made a bit of money out of it. Um, so certainly that that's achievable. And um, at the other end of the scale, you were talking about meets at SOPAC, Sydney Olympic Park Aquatic Centre, where, where the 2000 Olympics were swum. Mm-hmm. How many? Um, what size club realistically do you need to be before you could you could aspire to doing something like that? Oh, um, yes, you'd you'd probably need to have um, a couple of hundred members in the club. Yeah. Uh, at least, uh, and typically half of which would be adults um, who would be there to uh, run the meet. Uh, when we talk about fundraising as well for these swim meets, the, it's the ancillary um, things that, that do well, if you're like a barbecue or coffee shop or things like that, because uh, making a profit from the meat operations um, is a bit difficult, especially uh, once once you go big, um, the cost of renting the pool, the catering, and all those other things um, start to uh, start to mount up. But uh, at at the beginning, uh, running a development meet um, is fine. You know, it doesn't need to be a big club. The costs are low. Um, and uh, the committee can do well from um, barbecues or coffee shops, coffee sales, things like that. Yeah, we found cake stalls to be pretty effective. Um, also, we've had a few silent auctions of sort of signed swim caps and mm. things like that and other sort of items that have corporates or local parents or you know just been around in storerooms that you know seem to have value but nobody seemed to put out and try and sell so uh, there's all sorts of imaginative ways of doing it oh yes and and uh, a little uh, event sponsorship uh, from local businesses um, is, is another good way um, and uh, it's it's not it's not uh, uh, a big insurmountable issue to run a, a mm. swim meet especially mm. on a small scale mm. Mm. so what are the main things that need to be organized i'm sure there's a huge long list but yeah. can you try and group it into the sort of main categories that need to be thought about i have um developed over the years um a series of tasks what i call task lists they might just be to-do lists uh and i update those prior to each meet um they're not huge lists, but from a meat director's point of view, um, it's uh, I guess it's it's best to um, uh, outsource 
some of these things to uh, other committee members, but there is organising the volunteers to run the swim meet. Uh, there is, and sometimes it's difficult to get the facility to hire the, uh, the pool in the first place because uh, they're very um, uh, facility, good facilities are uh, not abundant and they get booked out very quickly. Um, and then there's the management of the entries. This is all prior to the meet, of course, we're talking. And how far in advance would you recommend that uh, somebody should be starting to organise these things? Uh, well, in terms of booking um, the large facilities, it's uh, 12 months ahead. Uh, in terms of um, getting together all the rest of it, volunteers, etc., about six months ahead. And for the entries, um, Swimming Australia, Swimming New South Wales now have an online meet registration system that seems to have considerably reduced the administrative burden around um, organising entries. Uh, is that something you'd recommend people use for a, for a smaller smaller meet? When that was introduced, it was like, oh, it was like um, the end of having to drive kids to, uh, to swimming in the morning at 4.30 or whatever once they got their licence. Um, the online entry system is terrific compared to the old um, manual card entry system. Uh, and yes, it doesn't need to be a large meet to use the online facility. Uh, and and uh, yes, it saves, um, it saves a lot of effort and time. Very good. Now, there's a huge amount we could talk about organising swim meets. I just wanted to scratch the surface today. Um, but just in closing on this subject, if people wanted to get advice or help for organising swim meets, where would you recommend that the good places are to, to, to look or to ask? Uh, the state bodies, in, in this case, in here where we are, Swimming New South Wales, has um, uh, uh, fantastic uh, resources and, and they're um, prepared to help uh, people, very willing to help, it's great. Uh, so that could be a starting point, or um, speaking to people who have been meet directors or, or, or meet uh, conveners um, is also a good resource. Um, and, uh, well, <laughs> in, in my case, uh, I started these swim meets when the uh, existing uh, meet director decided that uh, he would just retire suddenly and I was just thrown in at the deep end. I wouldn't suggest uh, that uh, being uh, the best way to do it. Uh, however, uh, that works as well, uh, but um, preparation is the key in terms of both um, uh, being aware before starting um, this uh, career or um, in the... Uh, preparation of the meat itself. It really pays off. So Dennis, we're moving to the quick fire round part of our conversation. Um, what's been the most useful piece of equipment or advice that you've used during your swimming career? Oh, well, in the early days it was, of course, uh, stopwatches. Uh, but now it's the um, uh, online entry facility, which is just fantastic. Very good. 
Now, if you were to officiate at a state meet, the lucky door prize is a box of chocolates or a bottle of wine. Are you wine or chocolates? <laughs> I'm chocolates, chocolate. Give me chocolate every time. If you had your time again in swimming, what, if anything, would you do differently? Oh, gosh. Um, look, I've been very happy with, um, with um, my involvement with swimming. The, uh, the, the people involved are, are generally um, are great. Uh, the swimmers are so uh, committed. Uh, when you train, especially at a high level, it is very good for as in lessons for life that last uh, for a lifetime. This is one of the reasons I'm still doing it when my kids are not uh, in the competitive environment uh, for still water swimming. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> Sounds like you wouldn't change anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I'd change anything really. I, I still enjoy what I'm doing. I still enjoy the involvement with, um, with all the other volunteers. Uh, no, it wouldn't change anything. Very good. What's your 50-metre freestyle personal best time? Oh, get out. I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> My final question. What's been your most exciting swimming moment? Um, when I um, was a member of North Stain Surf Club uh, in the, um, a long time ago, uh, winning the Christmas Day surf race. I uh, forget what year it was, but um, yes, what a buzz that was. So thanks very much to Dennis for sharing his time and insights with us today. Now it's a few weeks since we launched the Swim.Rocks podcast and the objective of course is to help you and people like you to either run swimming better or get more people involved. And with that in mind, I'd be really keen to hear from you. Uh, drop me a line and let me know what you would like to know more about, what questions you have, um, who you would like to hear from, what would really help you, because that will help us to improve the quality of the programs that we provide to you. So do please drop me a line. The email address is ben at swim.rocks. That's ben at swim.rocks and I would love to hear from you love to get your questions love to hear what you think about the show um, and um, we'll take it from there so next time we'll be talking to Josh Carp about working in swimming in the meantime do please stay dry <laughs>